Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Jay Christie. I am a longtime fan of Psych, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Andre Barrera, a first-time fan of Psych. Andre, how are you? Uh, I'm forlorn. You're forlorn? Why are you forlorn? My wildcats. Oh, right. Arizona. <laughs> they dogged it really bad. Um, <clears throat> then Arsenal crashed out of the Europa League to a Portuguese yeah. team. Um, and then my Turk, my adopted Turkish uh, Super League team lost to uh, Sevilla, I think. So it's just been a rough sports day. But well, Can I cheer you up a little bit by doing today's segment of your favorite bit? The bit that you ask me to do every week. You're like, Jake, you gotta do the bit. You know, uh, the bit that means nothing to anyone. Okay. Boom, I'll put on a hat. <sighs> Houston Oilers? The Houston Oilers hat, yes. Because I used to, I mean, I still do collect because I still have them. I think I got up to seven or eight, eight teams that don't exist anymore. Um, oh, I think we yeah. discussed you. I asked you yeah. to get the Hartford Whalers one. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to find some of them because I kind of just, they used to be organized because I got my freshman year of college. And then I stopped organizing them through a couple moves. Um, but, so far, you've only seen the two of the eight, so I got some more to, you know. And I also have other hats. And who knows? I might start buying hats just for this bit, which is important to remember. It's a bit just for Andre, because this is an audio medium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bit is just me putting on a hat. I'm on the – I'm already on right now. I'm kind of borderline browsing the 47 brand hat. Uh, 47 brand website, sorry. I mean, the, the good thing – I only think – I think I only bought five – four of the eight because what happens is when you say you start collecting something i think four different times people got me hats as gifts which is great i mean the yeah. the, the white whale and this is a thing that if anyone ever wants to be very nice to me because there is one that you can i could have gotten that was like 100 bucks and this is when i was a freshman in college so i didn't have the money um the white whale is do you remember after hurricane katrina that the uh, new orleans hornets played their home games in oklahoma city and they bre- were branded ah. as the New Orleans slash OKC Hornets. And they made gear that's an NOH slash OKC on it. And you can yeah. get that. That is like the holy grail of, of this thing. And there, I mean, there's still I, some other ones I want. I would love, you know, like a Quebec Nordiques, you know, um, Atlanta Freshers. Um, I mean, even because team change, name changes count, like – if you can get me at the Seattle Pilots, because that's what the Mariners were for the first year, oh, yeah, like, there are a lot right. of different things you can get me. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I'm still, I'll still keep the collection open. I don't give a fuck, you know. Anyway, this is a weird energy to start the pod with. Okay, so we start in like 1986. Um, <laughs> I like it didn't, from, say, it didn't say the year, by the way. I don't think it did. Oh yeah, I'm just guessing. But from yeah. the Earth to Starbucks, you're talking about. And uh, Sean is doing something that a lot of kids want to do: buying a bunch of candy bars at the store. Yeah, I think we've had this discussion before, but, like, what is, like, your favorite? My favorite is Butterfinger. Um, wow, that's, and out, that was, that's, that's, that's out of nowhere. Uh, because I like the texture on my teeth when you chew it. That's just, it's a very honest, but that is why I like it. So you like um, toffee? No, I'm, it's a little crunchier than toffee, but, like, I don't dislike toffee. Um, what I really like, and I actually can, let me see, I actually have a bag, even so I'm going to go away from the mic for a little bit. Okay. I step away from the mic when I rap. Wait, is that what it says in like that Tay video? A lesser discussed one that I really like is the hundred grand bar. Oh, um, hundred grand's nice. Yeah, I like those. Because it's like the thing is, I didn't know about it until I was relatively older because it would come in like variety packs. What mm. what's all this fuss about a crunch bar when a hundred grand is basically a crunch bar with caramel in it? So big fan of that. Um I mean I and the thing is, the two, the big two candy bars I can't eat anymore are Twix and Kit Kat. I don't really miss Kit Kat, but Ooh. I do miss Twix. I will admit. Yeah, those are my favorites, actually. Both yeah. of those. Uh, so, ra- sorry, randomly, when you said that you were when you were like going away from the mic, <clears throat> mm-hmm. do you remember what it is that shows up on the text when Tay Zonday like? Of course, it's I move away from the mic when I breathe in. I actually okay, okay, about okay, the, pod- okay. the podcast I just recorded with two other people. One of the people who is hosting it. She was very nicely, whenever she, like, took a drink from her bottle of water that clearly was one of those you have to, like, sip in, so it would have been a noise. She moved away from the mic. And what I was thinking was, I imagine the text on the bottom that says, Cecilia moves away from the mic when she drinks in. <laughs> I literally, it was, like, 20 minutes ago. That's, the synergy on this pod is out of control. Also, people, I'm just saying, that song came out in, like, 2006, and racial relations are still bad. We didn't want to learn. 
I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, I mean, how many so, people? How many people even remember that that song was about race relations? I mean, true. I, it, sometimes it's hard for me to gauge what people really remember um, because, like, I honestly could probably do like half the lines off the top of my head now. That song was a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I, there's a, and I'm not gonna pretend that in my drunk rotation there is is not a mashup someone did with that and the Radiohead B side talk show host. That I think kind of bangs, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds pretty sick. That sounds pretty sick. It is honestly pretty sick. Um, okay. So, Sean can't afford his candy, and so he's trying to get Gus to go first, so Gus will get his candy, and then he can use the change. Um, now, also, seeing an 80s grocery store, I was reminded of the film White Noise, which I saw in theaters. I don't know what your opinion on that film was. Um, you want my opinion? Not see it. Yeah. Uh, actually, I watched like 20 minutes of it. And I'm like, why are people talking this way? <laughs> it's just yeah. stood out as being really yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it's one of the. It's a movie that I respect how committed it clearly was to what it was. But what it was is not something that is. That's, I mean, it's just not. Uh, not really. I, I think. Funny enough, I think I read like 30 pages of the book, and I'm like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> I can't find it because I recently threw a bunch of shit in drawers and didn't think about it, but I actually saw it at the Paris Theater, which is the theater that Netflix shows their movies in, um, and I got, like, a collectible, like, thing with a bunch of photos in it, which is weird because it's, like, a movie I don't really care for that much, but I have, a bunch of, like, you know, you would think, like, oh my god, this is a fair movie. Anyway, um, I, the LCD sound system song at the end is stuck in my head still after, like, five months, but it's not here there. Anyway, so Sean ends up going first, and he gets a buzzer go off because he apparently is the a million customer at this grocery store. Now I have to ask how on earth is, does do you know he's the millionth customer when this is before the internet? How are all the stores communicating? Cause the, the cashier says, I can't believe it happened here, which implies that it could happen at any store. So how do they know? Uh, or it could imply that like, you know, it's a thing that people know like that other chains do as well. I get, no, um, but it's clearly the, the millionth customer at the nationwide chain because there's no way that they've had a million customers at this one location. I mean, why not? If it's been open for like 20 years and you have like, what, 50,000 people, you know, in a year, like that could, you could easily get there. I I don't I, – I didn't read it that way, but it does matter. Anyway, but the, the <laughs> whole point is that Gus got screwed because he said no. Uh, anyway, um, what happens next? Explain as I eat this mini 100-gram bar. Uh, yeah, so we go to the present, and uh, Sean is on a date with a lady, and, uh, you know, they're getting right to it. Uh, they get to the drinks. They got two vodka sodas, which, you know, always a safe bet. Um, My go-to drink if I'm trying to get drunk. <laughs> vodka sodas? Yeah. It takes me way too many to get drunk. I mean, I... So, that's true, but... I, I'll be honest, if I need something stronger than a vodka soda when I'm trying to get drunk, then I should probably just not be trying to get drunk. That has your problems. Fair enough. Um, so, and Sean's already kind of acting like a perv. Um, I forgot why exactly, but he starts to, like, you know, see what's going on. He kind of, like, perceives certain things about her, and he's already checked out of the date because he's rightly guessed that she has just gone out of a breakup and he's just a rebound. Right. Yeah, he's the rebound. Yeah, he's, he's the like rebound. Uh, Justin Bartha. Yeah, and he asked her like, "What? Like, what? What's the deal? Like, why did you guys just break up? Like, you know, what happened?" And she says that it seems like he was cheating on her. Um, he's he's been acting weird. He's been distant. Uh, he uh, he said that he was going to go watch the game with his boys, and he ended up getting caught by one of her friends um, at a store at the east side, some shit. I don't know. And Sean just tells her, lets her know, basically, that no, that's not the case. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, basically, he puts together that he actually is looking to get engaged with her. Because, like, she's like, he was going through my stuff, he was going to my address book, my jewelry. And, of course, what's going on is he wanted to get her ring size. He wanted to call her parents, and he was going to the jewelry store at the East Land Center. So she was all making a big fuss over nothing. Um, now, if I were the guy, I would be like, oh, wait, this is a red flag. She has crazy trust issues, but neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, she was going through shit, so that's not great. Um, so, yeah, he lets her know that – he lets her know that that's not – that 
he's trying to propose her. He's trying to get her ring size. Like, that's why all this stuff appears to be what it is. And she, you know, she gets, her interest is piqued. And she takes a moment and hops on the phone. And sure enough, she calls her Mm ex-boyfriend. And while that's happening, Sean moseys on over and checks out the rest of the bar. Because obviously he knows his time with her is not Mm -hmm. very long. And he sees our old friend, Carlton Lasseter, knocking him back. Yeah, he is drunk. Uh, drunk as a skunk. He looks pretty um, good, though. He looks pretty good. Yeah, but he's, he's off them scotches. Um, scotch, it looks like he's drinking a little scotch and soda based on the color. Um, yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he, he says to Sean, you know, you astound me. He doesn't think it's psychicness, but that his reasoning is some of the best he's ever seen. And that he is, in fact, unstoppable. Yeah, he's, uh, he... That Sean's unstoppable? Yeah, he says that, uh, yeah. That's yeah, what Lasseter says to him, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, this is all very weird for Sean to take in, right? Because he's so used to Lasseter just kind of, like, dis- dismissing him and dissing him and just kind of, like, downplaying, like, any sort of, anything that he... Anything that he does, essentially. Any value that he brings to a case. And he also lets it be known that most people in the department, or, you know, yeah, most people in the department assume that he's only been separated from his wife for nine months, when in actuality it's been two years. Which, yeah. If it's two years... She ain't coming back, homie. Yeah, she ain't coming back. She belongs in the streets. Yes. And so he talked about how he used to be a good cop, and he caught the back bay killer... But, of course, Sean accidentally reveals that the main tip that he drove a blue sedan was actually him calling in. So he's really been down to the dumps. And he's, you know, Sean's like, you have str- you're a striking man. He has good posture, which his eyes are really blue. Which, Tim Amundsen, good posture, blue eyes. He has that going for him. We can't take that away from him. Tall guy. But Yeah, tall guy. Um, but what Lasser brings up is that there's a case a month ago healthy astronomer drops dead. They say it was natural causes, but he knows it was murder. He just can't prove it. Um, and as this is happening, the woman from the beginning runs over, announces she got engaged, and when Sean turns back around, uh, what do we see on the floor? Uh, we see on the floor? I don't think I saw anything on the floor. What was on the floor? Yeah, you see Carlton Lasseter passed out. Okay, I think I, I my DoorDash got here, so, or like my Uber Eats, so I think I missed that portion. Damn. Okay, so that explains why he had... Okay, okay, now that all makes sense. Yeah, so because in the next scene, we see them meet back up uh, at uh, the, the station, and Sean is like, uh, just want to make sure you got home last night, and Lassie's acting coy like he wasn't anywhere. You know, he says he doesn't drink, um, which, of course, I mean, his name's Carlton Lasser. Of course he drinks. Yeah, um, and, yeah, he denies everything that happened, and, you know, he starts getting shamed by Sean in front of, like, two other people, which I think is kind of inappropriate. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to say something, like, just talk to him about it. Yes, but yeah, especially, yeah, if you're right. If he's, if you know he's right and you're lying, fine. I get you don't want to admit that. But don't – you're going overboard trying to act like Sean's being a dick, you know? Um, oh, yeah. no, I was on the opposite side of that. Like, oh. I thought, like, uh, you know, Sean shouldn't have been bringing that up in front of Juliet. And- oh, Fair. Yes, yeah. I think that that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think he was just trying to be, you know. But anyway, Sean decides that he tells Gus that they need to solve the case with the astronomer to help Lassie get his mojo back. Um, but Lassiter won't know and they won't be doing it for the department. And I love the bit where Gus is like, so you're saying that we'll be doing this case for free and we won't get any credit and no one would do it we did anything. And I love what Sean says, you know, Gus, that's some of the best nutshelling I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, what is nutshelling? Like putting things in a nutshell, like summing things up. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Know, I guess for me, that type of asides is what makes the show so funny to me. <laughs> it's just the commenting on some of the best nutshell like I've ever heard. Um, it's yeah. kind of like yeah, it's kind of like the 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 uniqueness that Psych has that they do. They will they'll take breaks, and no matter how important the scene is, to point out something stupid like that. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, we're starting to get more of that, and I'm like yeah. starting to appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. And so Sean is like, I'm already meeting with the widow. Um, I, the name, the guy's name was Brian Valerie, but I don't remember the widow's name. Um, and he's meeting in the chief's office. Um, and so we cut to the meeting, and we learn that Brian uh, was partnered with a guy named Hugo, and apparently he started to just be a little bit off. Um, 
it, starting in June-ish or the summer of last year, you know, canceling a trip, just being a bit off. But what do we learn about the identity that Sean is using in this interview? Uh, he's pretending to be. Oh my god, I'm so like not on it today. Uh, I didn't write Carl's that down. Carl's Lasseter, but oh, with two gays, right? Carl, Carl, ah, Carlton, correct? Yes. And so, I mean, she's kind of letting it, kind of, she's intimating that, from what she can think, it seems like there was like an affair going on. Yes, um, maybe a little cheap, maybe getting a little busy. You know, a little something on the side, size, you know. Yeah, someone um, else was looking at his telescope, you know. You know exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, he was saying hubble, hubble. Um, and so... Alron hubba, hubba. El, yeah. Good stuff. I'm sure that's why Tom Cruise didn't go to the Oscars. But anyway, um, they, uh, she, they say goodbye to her. Uh, and Juliet catches Sean and is kind of like, you know realizes he's going by Carl to, like, you know, basically, like, you're impersonating a police officer. Mm-hmm. A moment I do love is that she's, like, making a gesture, like, a questioning gesture of, like, why are you reopening? And Sean gives, like, a low five to her, <laughs> which I think is funny. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Sean comes clean. He's like, I would like to solve this for Lasseter. He's doing a purely kind-hearted thing because even though he jokes, he, you know, he doesn't want Lassie to be down. Yeah, not only does he want to solve the case, but he doesn't want him to know about it. So I guess the the method going forward is to kind of like work in the shadows and then kind of just feed mm-hmm. him information, which is what ends up happening. Exactly. Indirectly. Um, and so we cut to the psych office, uh, and Sean is trying to reach Henry, and Henry's not answering. Um, and uh, since Henry's not around to help Sean out, Sean is trying to get Gus back in, but Gus, of course, doesn't want to do it because he has another job and they're not getting paid. Um, but Sean lures him in by saying that the victim was an astronomer, and I know you go down to the Space Center uh, at noon every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Gus wants to know, like, how the hell, like, why would he think that? Like, that's, no. First he denies it, and then he's like, why yeah. would you even know that? And, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently... Uh, Sean has been following Gus. Mm-hmm. He's been practicing on his uh, his following skills, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's got him dead to rights. Yep. And Gus says, "You know, get ready, get lost in mod dust. I'm like a jackal. Consider me stealth, Sean." Um, you know what's fucking weird? Okay, they made like a Vincent Gallo reference. Mm-hmm, yes. Do you know? Is there like something I missed there? I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'll be honest with you, like. 1980s indie film is not something I have really any familiarity with. It's a blind spot for me, so I'm, I don't know. Okay. There's a lot of references in Psych I don't get. I'll say this, there are a lot of references in Psych I now get that I didn't when I first saw it, um, but yeah, that's one that d- does not, I don't get what the joke is. But I'm glad that they made it. I don't know. Do you think, have you, do you know anything about Vincent Gallo? <laughs> I assume you not, know one not, thing about him. Not, well, what, what are you saying? Because I don't, I don't want to be wrong. Uh, the, with Chloe Savigny? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's what they're. I don't think that that's. No, of course that's not what they're talking about. No, but like, since no. you say you don't, you're not really familiar with. No, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. What I mean is, because yeah, yeah, I was trying. I was thinking in terms of things that they would be referencing. But anyway, um, I do love they cut to the parking lot of the space center, and it says not. It's not Thursday, so Gus is switching up his schedule. Um, and when he gets in there, he sneaks in. He can't avoid Sean because Sean has a job at the space center. <laughs> Yeah, like he literally has a job at the space center now. <laughs> like he's got a job to do, but yeah. No, he... and then he announces the jackal has arrived. Yeah, so that's the nickname for the day. Um, and you know, Gus is talking about how they're going. Like, why are they going undercover at the space center? And Sean isn't going undercover. He's literally, you know, that's his job. Yeah. Um, and then Sean finds out why Gus has mm-hmm. been going to the space center religiously. It's because yes. of some. Uh, a female there named Jessica. Sorry, mm-hmm. I okay. Is that that's that right? Yes, yeah, her name is Jessica. No, I mean like, can you say like a female named Jessica, a woman named yeah. Jessica, a woman named Jessica? I mean, you can say female named. I it's I don't think well, it's now like, I just, okay. I wouldn't. No, the thing is, I think the way it generally works, and I can be correct on this. Like you can say it. The thing is, a lot of people will use the word female. As if it's the opposite of man, which of course it isn't, because it's female is a biological term. And it's just generally speaking not the correct thing to do, but it's also, I would say, it's not offensive 
to say. But this actress uh, who plays Jessica, Nicole Lynn, was actually at the time married to Dulé Hill. So this is a little... um, And now, of course, I say at the time because they did get divorced in 2012, but... um, What's her name? Nicole Lynn with one N. And by N, Lynn. So Nicole L-Y-N. I was not really familiar with her, but I was familiar with seeing the X-Ray fun facts on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I will say, Billy Hill's current wife does make an appearance in Psych later, so that's something to keep out an eye for. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, she, Jasmine Simon is her name, and she's someone who I actually have seen in other things. Uh, on Ballers? Is, uh, yes, that's where they met, because Julie Hill was also on Ballers. He um, was? I, that's not... That's not where, yeah, that, that's not where I didn't ever watch Ballers. I'm not Elizabeth Warren, but, um, yeah. You remember that? That's her favorite show is Ballers? You really? Know that? Elizabeth Warren's favorite show is Ballers, and she, like, signed a copy of her book for Dwayne Johnson, and, like, yeah, favorite show is Ballers, which, the thing I love about that is that even though I think Ballers is probably bad, I like when people, especially politicians, have things that you wouldn't expect about them because... There's nothing worse than someone who feels like everything about them is cultivated. Like, it's it's bad for Elizabeth Warren's brand to like ballers. She should... Her favorite show should be something like Broad City or something else that, like, her mid-20s, you know, urban, college-educated woman base would like, right? But she likes ballers, and so she likes ballers, you know? <laughs> like, I like that. I mean, uh, yeah, that's something. Yeah, you know Because you could imagine a, a politician pretending to like the show that young, educated people like, you know? But uh, what would be more surprising if she said that her favorite show was Ballers or Entourage? Entourage, because Ballers is on, and because also I think that Entourage just has the reputation of being so kind of retrograde. Yeah. Um, anyway, Sean wants to set them up, but Gus is like, "I have a plan. You got to move gradually," because she just broke up with her boyfriend. Um, but Sean's not having any of that, and he immediately wingmans for Gus, saying that he was a wrestling state champion. He was a Heisman candidate. Um, which of course, you know, that's just, it's 2006, the internet exists, I wouldn't go around saying that. Um, yeah, it's really easy to like, and you, oh yeah, nah, yeah, exactly. Um, what if, what if he was a Heisman candidate though? I mean. I'm just saying like, okay, like you said, it's 2006. So, I mean, the way that most people that I know operate or most of my female friends like they'll tell their friends and then they will research this person or they'll Google them or something, you know, just to see what, what yeah. that looks like. So also, it's a really easy thing to like. Like it wouldn't be impossible for someone, the height and weight of Dulé Hill to be a Heisman. Like you could imagine a like option quarterback in the nineties for, you know, like UCLA that size getting some Heisman attention. But it's also, it's not like he's in great, you know what I mean? Like, if he was, like, 6'5", or, like, super built, you know, it'd be a different story, you know? Um, That's true. Or if he had, like, I mean, even though he's actually, I think, shorter, personally, I just believe that Keanu Reeves' Johnny Utah was all-conference, you know? Well, I, he, he carries himself that way. But anyway, um, Sean volunteers to take over for the planetarium show from Jessica so they can talk a little bit. And uh, Gus's, do you, do you remember Gus's opening line to her? No. I say this because it is one of the most, it is, I would say, in the top 20 most quoted psych things, psych jokes. Mm-hmm. You hear about Pluto? That's messed up, right? Up. Yeah, yeah, okay, I did see that. That was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, oh, can, can I just get something off my chest? Yeah. Pluto shouldn't be a planet. It, it didn't get, it didn't get disrespected. It's, it's. They changed the definition of planet to not include things that's orbits intersect with other orbits because that is means it's too small of a mat, too small of something to have its own unique orbit. So if Pluto's gonna be a planet, then lots of big asteroids are also planets, and I don't think you want that to happen. So sorry, Pluto, you, you the mistake was not that you were taken away from being a planet. You never should have a planet in the first place. Anyway, I'm done. Well, thanks for relitigating that again. Yeah, thank you. I exactly. This is a full, a full seventeen years after the decision was made, and I'm relitigating it. Um, Honestly, anyway, I was I, I had no idea that it was like that early. I thought this was a more recent decision for some reason. No, it, I think it was that like, I think it was later that it got like fully integrated into education and stuff. But I do. It was 2006 ish when it got changed. Well, um, I had graduated from high school by then, so I wouldn't have fucking yeah. learned about that. Yeah, um, I won't tell you what grade I was in. Um, and so they, 
we go to um, oh we go back to the Police station. station. Yeah. Yeah. And Jules is she's wanting her part. Yeah, she's chatting to Lassiter and you know, she's she's kind of like well, she mentions that he was right about the affair thing, mm-hmm. which Lassiter is confused about because he doesn't think that he ever mentioned it, but mm-hmm. she just, you know, as is gonna be the theme for the rest of the episode, she just keeps saying, like, Oh yeah, you mentioned it in passing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we go to the oh, this, puts him, this puts him into action. Um mm-hmm. and looks like he's he's fucking on it. Period. That's it. Now Sean is operating the planetarium show. What's your experience with planetarium shows? I've only been to one at the infamous Griffith Observatory. The oh the one that they dance in, in La La Land? It's so fucking weird that that's the only way that people know it, but yeah. I mean I I know what it looks like from the outside be- I know what it looks like from the outside because of Grand Theft Auto Five. But Okay, <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, it also prominently features in a scene in the Jim Carrey comedy Yes Man, but that's not where I saw it first. Grand Theft Auto Five, they basically recreate it one for one, um, and so yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but so yeah, in that's the, my only time. I went. I've been to like two, and not important museums. But anyway, um, Sean says his name is Aurora Borealis, um, and he says, you know, there are over four hundred stars. Nobody knows the universe is larger than the Indian Ocean, which is I think just a pretty funny thing. Um, but yeah. the janitor, who's kind of creepy, is kind of correcting him as being he's leering. Okay, if I'm not incorrect, the Indian Ocean is the largest ocean in the. It's the planet, second right? smallest ocean in the world, but oh, is it? So you're not okay. correct. Okay. okay. No, the Pacific Ocean is the largest, then Atlantic, then Indian, then Arctic. Okay, and those are the only four. Yeah, I mean, there's some debate whether or not an Antarctic Ocean exists, or like. There's, and like, the seven seas a little different. I mean, frankly, it's, I actually don't know what the exact difference is. To me, I'm like, why is it all just not the same ocean? It's one big body of water. But, like, that actually wouldn't be helpful. So, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, he named some constellations. There's the Hammer of Jeff, Monkey with a Rash, a Comet. um, But, yeah, and then, just to sneak off, he basically turns on the spinny setting and runs away. Yeah, and uh, it looks like the people in attendance are in a fucking world of pain coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he um, he tails the janitor, who, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, is a little bit sketchy. And he first he catches them in like the locker room, and he sees them like pulling a bunch of shit out of a locker. Which okay, you know, I, I wasn't sure if it was his locker. It's not his locker, is it? No, it's not. He's stealing shit. Okay, yeah, he's a fucking klepto. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, continues snooping around, and that's when we run into the special guest star of the episode. Mm-hmm. A man, Richard Kind. A yeah. legend. Yeah, who put in a very um, subdued performance, I want to say. Which is crazy for a guy who has, like, a, his character talks, like, 20 lines of dialogue a, a second, but it is a subdued Richard Kind performance. <laughs> I know, because I was like, I remember this guy being a fucking loudmouth. He is a loudmouth. Okay, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, famously. So I was kind of, like, shocked that he was, you know, letting people finish their fucking sentences. Yeah. Uh, but I love Richard Kind. Um, great performance in the film Inside Out as Bing Bong. Rest in peace. Um, He's dead? No. No, Bing Bong is dead. Keep follow. Keep Spoiler up. alert, man. I mean, it's. I would say it might be the most famous... Not famous, but the, like, the saddest uh, animated movie scene since uh, Toy Story 3. But um, sad, <laughs> stuff to our guy, sad stuff to our guy Bing Bong. Um, I remember a bit I think about all the time is that... And it was... No one saw this. I don't even think it's still on the internet. But Seth Meyers, like, once a year does a thing where uh, it's called, like, Sketch Casserole, where he does, like, sketches that were never really finished for his show that, like, they just do, like, in one-minute chunks. And one of them was, what if, uh, because there's so much, because there's so much hosting talent in 30 Rock, what if there was the equivalent of a designated survivor for hosts? And just in the middle of the show, it's like, and we cut now to our designated hosting survivor in the dressing room of JCPenney, Richard Kine. And you see Richard Kine in a dressing room. Hey, Seth. Is everyone okay there? Did a bomb go off? No. Okay, I'll be here just in case. And they cut away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, he seems bit. like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, he plays Hugo. Um, and uh, he's doing some stuff with the telescope. And Sean's asking questions. She's uh, the leading question of, like, this seems like a job for two people to try to probe. To try what? I'm sorry? 
sorry. You try to probe, like ask probing questions. Right. Um, oh, sorry, you caught me like reading something. Well, I, whose fault is that? I'm reading that's something, reading my I, notes I, I took. That's why I said sorry. No, <laughs> I got it. Like, I have stupid iMessage text on my laptop. Oh, I also get iMessage text on my laptop. I'm kidding. <laughs> No, you don't. No, but I, I, I think it's, the reason I tossed you is because I don't want to just keep talking. <laughs> but um, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And so apparently, like, they say his partner died, and he has okay. a great line, which is a very Richard Kind line of, Buddhists have a saying about moving on. I don't know what it is, but, uh, um, and yeah, so. Yeah, they, so they're continuing the work. He's, he, like, you know, he makes it, like, seem like he's continuing the work of his partner. You know, he's very mm-hmm. magnanimous about it. And, um, and, you know, he talks like it's a little bit like in code, not necessarily in code, but it clearly seems like whatever he's working on, there's something to it, you know, and he doesn't quite say what it is just yet. Yeah. He doesn't basically, he doesn't want to admit that they found something, but he keeps talking about what they would do if they did. The idea that you need to find something, you need to track it and you need to see it come around the earth again. So basically it's like a six month process. Um, and right. so uh, we then cut to Gus talking to Jessica. We learn that, um, you know, her real goal is to become an astronomer. Uh, and she calls Gus a great listener. But, of course, there's a problem. She realizes that the planetarium show is uh, still going on. And it's only a four-minute show. And the people come out of there looking like, I don't even know what, like they just freaking rode the teacups at uh, Disney. That's... I was going to say, like, they rode, like, the, the spinning uh, ride at, uh, in the Sandlot movie. Right. Yes. Um, they not in a good way. There's not any heaving on screen, but definitely some cookies are going to be lost. Some up chucking. Yeah. Um, did you wait? Did you watch Triangle Sadness? I did. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was expecting, but obviously not. No. Yeah. Part. It's it's, a, it's a, you know it's not you know it, I I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, I mean I wouldn't have minded if they did. I'm I'm not one of those people who like throws up from throw up. Um, but. Uh, even like in real life, like if someone threw up. No, in your room? I mean, obviously, I make it a little bit like nauseous, but I've, I let me think, I've thrown up as since I've turned the age of eighteen, I've thrown up exactly once, and it was from alcohol. Um, and so, please and tell me it was your twenty first birthday. It was not. It was actually just a day where I I didn't eat enough, and I was drinking cocktails, and you know, you not know, we're just like you're not you're you're, you're just. It was also a night where I wasn't planning on drinking, and so I kind of was like. You know, it was a problem. But anyway. Um, I've thrown up way too many times. Yeah. I also, the thing too is that I, a, a thing that actually is problematic for my life is that I, my brain goes black before my stomach goes up. And so that's uh, bad. So I, my, I, I lose consciousness. So it's, po- so it's possible like you could like just puke all over yourself. I, I mean, that, that is, uh, I'm not to go too into it, but the time I'm talking about, I was not <laughs> conscious. I wasn't conscious about <laughs> that time. Um, but yeah, uh, the, wor- the worst what I had was like when I gargoyled once. It was really bad. Oh, geez, that's not good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, rest in peace to uh, Jimi Hendrix. Um, what? Didn't wait. What does gargoyle mean? I was just assuming. It's when you piss what? and shit at the same time. Or, sorry, oh, no, th- when you shit and vomit at the same time. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were just mispronouncing gargled, thinking that yeah. like you choked on it. And so no, like, no, Jimi no, Hendrix no, 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 no. It's a lot um, more disgusting. Uh, it is, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, I'm a pro. But but anyway, does wonders in the podcast world. Um, and so, Sean, they're walking out, and Sean basically is like, "I the other astro- astronomer's hiding something." But um, much like uh, Colin Farrell uh, when he's outside in Banshees of Sharon, Gus has got digits. Uh, oh yeah, he does. Uh, Brandon Gleason, not so much. Uh, he's got the digits. He's going on a date tomorrow. Things are looking up. Um, and that's when Sean lets him know that they ran, or Juliet ran Bryant, uh, what's Valerie's? Bryant yeah, Valerie's I think it's Valerie. Phone, yeah, Valerie. Yeah. His phone records, and they have an update. So mm-hmm. they need to head over there, but mm-hmm. not before 5 p.m. because Sean's shift ends at that time, and he's taking yeah, a job seriously. He's got a job. He's not some pharmaceutical salesman who uses every opportunity to leave work, you know? Yeah, it doesn't work for the Sackler family. Exactly. Um, and so we cut to Laster, who is not satisfied with what the coroner's saying. He's going to run it by a golf buddy. Um, and, uh, and when he leaves, Sean and Gus come in, and we see that there was a phone number that he called on his cell phone all the time 
and it happens to be the same phone number that belongs to Jessica, 555-0199. Um, yeah, not great. I thought it was 8675309. No, unfortunately it wasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, Either. I feel like that's always a perfect example of why they use 555, because I remember reading an article about like different people who have that number with different area codes and just how miserable their life is sometimes. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I actually wanted that number for a while. That's uh, sadistic. But anyway, I do love the bit in the next scene when Sean gets <laughs> talking. And uh, well, it's more sadomasochistic than anything. But so yes. the uh, they're talking and Sean's like, so she had an affair and lied about it. And Gus is like, what? You're the one who likes to jump to conclusions. <laughs> Why are you? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and like Gus seems to be super like actually turned off by all this, which you know, I guess, but he's... I think the thing is, my read of it is that Gus is one of the people... He's like a George Costanza, but not in, like, a fun way, where he is always looking for a reason to be disappointed in a girl and not move forward with it. That, that's the read I always get with Gus. You know, I kind of am starting to see that, for sure. Yeah, that makes Yeah, that, he, that he's, like, so kind of a pessimist about things, where he's like, the moment he hears there's a possibility she was involved, it's like, of course the girl I like is a murderer. That's why I'm not gonna get her, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Sean, like you said, he mentions like, yo, don't jump to conclusions. And instead opts to keep uh, looking around the Space Center. And uh, somehow he got his hands on a security pass to get him like a key card. Yes. He stole um, it from a guy named Dave. Yeah. Um, and okay, fine. Uh, but they get to a point, I think, to where they're trying to go to like the, the room where the telescope is held. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they can't get in because that that door requires a key. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily for them, the uh, janitor, Vernon, shows yes. up. And uh, he knows a way to get into the office. But not because he has a key. He just, like, jimmies his way into it with, like, a credit card the old-fashioned way. Yes. Yep. Um, and that's when, like, Sean's like, what have you guys – why don't you have a key? Like, or who has a key to this place? And he's like, mm. nobody except for, I guess, Bryant and Hugo. Yep. Yes. Um, now, have you ever opened up a door with a credit card? No. I have only when I was, like, a kid and I accidentally, like, locked the door behind me, you know, somewhere. Like, I'm not a, only an interior door was would it work with. Um, right, yeah, yeah. You, know. you can't get through, like, a front door with that. No. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, apparently, as Vernon tells it, the dead guy changed as the months went on. You know, they're all friends. Uh, Hugo brought everyone coffee uh, every day. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, things got sour. But Sean goes to the, the log books and notices that there is a page missing. It happens to be June 21st, which coincides perfectly with the time of the, all the changes. Right, yeah. Um, and I think one thing we forgot to mention was... Uh... They mentioned that Bryant changed the locks because stuff started missing from that oh, office. Oh right, yeah, I guess. yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like a watch and like some mail, and apparently yeah. some mail that were that was coming from like NASA and shit like that. So kind of yes. just you know throwing sprinkling big some things going on. There. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so they get out of there before um, Hugo shows up, and he shows up with a locked briefcase. Um, and yeah, so. Uh, wait, before say? that, Je- before oh, wait, sorry, that, you're right. I skipped it. Yeah, go. Yeah, Jessica like catches up to them and she starts talking to Gus and she's like, Hey, like about our date tonight. And he's already like in full, like, fuck that. And he's like, Oh, you want to cancel the date? Like, no big deal. Like, that's fine. She's like, No, can we just move it up to 6 30? And at this point, yeah, Gus just seems like he's done with it. And that's when we noticed the Hugo thing. So that's kind of just it. Yes. It wasn't like a huge thing. Yep. Uh, and so they go to Hugo's house. They can't break in, but they notice that in his vegetable garden happens to be a lot of a purple plant uh, that Sean takes a bit of because he wants to get it checked out. Uh, and he goes to the person who would know of such a thing, Henry Spencer. But Henry Spencer is not alone in his abode. Yeah, he's planting something else. He's planting some... Yeah, he's, yeah I mean, he, he's planted his seed. <laughs> well, that too. Well, we don't know how, far, how long it's been. But That's yeah, true. fair enough. Um, so yeah, Henry, you know, he apologizes for like not getting on his phone, but he's been busy. And Sean, you know, um, I mean, I can't say 
I mean, it's been like 15 years, as Gus points out. So, like, you can't be too shocked if your parents are dating at that point. No, yeah, he's be, be he's been a big baby, and I think the show knows he's been a big baby. Um, I also think part of it is that Henry definitely does not seem like the type who would have any openness about this sort of thing. So I think that like he's also pretty responsible for you know uh, it in some ways, just because like if you if you if he's completely closed off, then like you know it. I'll say this. Henry and Sean Spencer do not have that healthy of a father-son relationship. I'm breaking a lot of ground here. Really? No shit. Okay. Damn. I thought that's yeah. how everybody's parents um, yeah. acted with them. Yes. Uh, yes. You're of course. I, I. You told me all the time we were doing the monk pod that you know you'd be in a diner and your mom would be like, "How many hats are in the room?" <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the thing for the first episode. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so, so they leave so, the plant there is the important thing. Yes. Um, and we find out that the name of the woman is Sylvia and she owns a catering company. Don't forget mm-hmm. to mention that. Of course. Um, it's, it's a very pl- important plot detail. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so after that, Sean calls uh, Juliet and she's like telling him that basically Lasser is like fucking, he's just like, he's been reinvigorated by this whole Definitely. case. And, you know, it's uh, it's a good thing for him. So we're very happy about that. Yes. And that's when I think um, Lassie shows up to the desk and tells her to like get off the phone if it's a personal call. Mm-hmm. And he's got something to he's got some news. Basically, that Bryant Valerie opened a safe deposit box in June, mm-hmm. and Juliet guesses. Wait, was it on June twenty first? And he's like, uh, "How did you know that?" And of course, again, she mentions that he mentioned it previously. So mm-hmm. again, he's just starting to think that he's super forgetful at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they cut to the psych office, and Gus is ready to go on his date. He's got the classic, you know, collared dress shirt with the sport coat. Yeah, honestly, it, it, it's like, you know, the open collar, that look. Uh, the look that I could never pull off because of my general physique and whatnot. But it's a good look. Yeah, I mean, but okay, like, that's the thing is Sean's like, you look sharp. And I'm like, that's literally what he wears, like, almost every episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, anyway. Sean wants him to wear a wire, um, and he says, no, um, and let me follow you, no, and he says once again, consider me self, consider me stealth. Yeah, um, which we'll see. Um, and we cut to Gus and Jesse going on their date. They're walking along the side of the uh, beach, I guess. It's a, They're walking on a pier. Yeah, they're going to pier, so there's like a lot of stands, a lot of food. I saw some seafood skewers, it looked delicious. Um, I mean, you got and, yeah, the, the fact they didn't stop for those, I mean, what yeah, kind of date could red, it be? Red flag, red flag. Um, exactly. And Gus makes the cardinal sin. He commits mm-hmm. the cardinal sin, sorry. He commits the cardinal and, sin, he makes fun of Yadier Merlina. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, and he actually asks about like her ex-boyfriend. He's basically trying to get her to admit that she was seeing Bryant Valerie, but obviously that's not going to happen. So she kind of just tells him without mentioning, she tells Gus about him without mentioning names, basically mm-hmm. saying that she found out that he was married and he would call her all the time and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And, and, but she's, she's saying this like, as she's like ashamed of it, which seems to like bring Gus back over to her side. Yeah. And right? that she doesn't have a motive, you know, because if, if if she broke up with him, there's no motive there. Um, but she mentions that everything has changed at the observatory of late, that she thinks that Hugo and Brian discovered a planet about six months ago. Brian mentioned some things they had to confirm. Um, and, you know, that he was going to be famous. And at this moment, Sean appears from underneath a blanket. And I do love that Gus's first reaction is not like, he's, he's not mad that he's ruining the day. It's, I was in stealth mode. <laughs> right, 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 right. And unfortunately, um, you know, Gus basically says something about like, like, oh, she has no motive or something, right? Something well, no, like it's like, I, I, yeah, it's like, I didn't think you, you, we know you didn't kill him anymore or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, which is not what you want to say to somebody. You no, I mean, did. yeah, it's basically all ruined at this point. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, that's it. Sad for Gus, good for the case. But then we cut to Hugo making a big announcement. Um, he's dedicating it to Bryant Valerie. Uh, you know, um, we bet it, the real way that they show they're dedicating to him is if they were playing the Steve Winwood song, the Valerie, count on me, Valerie, no? Uh, I would have done the Amy Winehouse one. I don't know that song. 
Well, uh, on, can I be completely frank with you? My thing with Amy Winehouse is until before she died, I did not think she had any songs other than Rehab, and I was under the impression she was a one-hit wonder. So that's my relationship with Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I anyway, need to hear that song. Uh, that's, what? I need to listen to that song. The Steve Winwood one. I mean, I, I actually think it's a real, it was a relatively popular song in the 80s. I'm not, I don't think I'm over my skis here. Um, Maybe I've heard it. I just don't, I don't recall it. Yeah. But I think also the thing is it was, it was pretty famously using like a, re, there was a remix version of it that used it as like a dance beat. Like, I mean, I'm just saying it just, you'll recognize it. I'll say that. But anyway, okay. um, and, uh, Gus and Sean are watching, and they're like, oh my god, this is obviously the motive, you know. Um, we learned that this planet is a lot like Earth. It has, uh, he doesn't say, but the Goldilocks conditions, where it's close enough to a sun, it has the right atmosphere. Um, but that's what the, that's the, not the literal scientific term, but that's what they call it, when it has both yeah, those things. Because it's not too hot, not too cold, just right. Oh, um, okay, gotcha, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so they started asking him, like the reporters, and they asked him, okay, well, who actually, you know, found mm-hmm. it? And he claims it was him. Um, and that's when Sean gets a call from Henry interrupting mm-hmm. this. And basically, he's getting pissed off about the plant that he dropped mm-hmm. after he saw that Henry was with a lady. Mm-hmm. And the plant, he says, is Foxglove. And apparently, it can function as either a poison to animals or medicine to humans yeah basically it's a thing that could be used to help with heart conditions but like anything any medication if it's used improperly it can kill people um right so it can cause it can show up an, uh, yeah specifically it can cause toxicity in someone who doesn't have a heart problem yes and it's everything that wouldn't show up on an autopsy because it is literally just affecting the heart's function with that it's not like a poison it is i mean it, it is a poison but it's not like a instantaneous thing um, and you would have to like specifically check for that. Otherwise. Yeah, and it, it it would be over time. So anyway, um, Lassie and Juliet show up, and um, Sean says, "At least tell me about the poison." And he's like, "Why well, didn't say that?" But then Sean's like, "Okay, let me read your innermost thoughts." And so, what does he get from his innermost thoughts? Uh, that I, I think it's the house is. first. The oh, house. okay, yeah, yeah. and then the and then what about what about Prince? Uh, not Prince, but it, it could have referred to when he was the artist formerly known as Prince, possibly. Oh, well, wait, no. After that, when he was, and then Laster Purple, which I love the idea that Laster remembers Prince's uh, alternate names. Right, yeah. It doesn't seem, I mean, well, maybe. The thing is, Prince has pretty wide appeal. Like, it's, you know, it's, uh. Yeah, he's universally beloved, it seems like. Yeah. Not many detractors. Exactly. Rest in peace. Um. And Lassie's like, but if they were going to do that, use Digitalis, that would have to be administered very slowly. But that's easy if you're Hugo and you're the generous guy who brings everyone their coffee in the morning. Boom, bing, Or tea. Yeah. Or tea, of course. Um, And Gus is the one basically putting all this together and he starts doing like a little celebration shuffle, which is hilarious. And Juliet's like, no, you didn't solve it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, of course, because... The whole point of this is to get Lassie to solve it. And, you know, Lassie calls, uh, asks the coroner, asks to have the coroner test specifically for Digitalis. Yep. And it looks like mm-hmm. all is will be okay. Yep. And we cut to the end. Um, and Sean and Lassie have a talk. Lassie pulls Sean aside um, and uh, asks about the, says about the bar I mentioned my wife. Um, and, uh, you know, he somehow got help on the case, but. You need to learn to accept it. And Sean says that you astound me. He returns the favor, um, which is a nice gesture. Yeah, to which uh, Lassie takes it, you know, as humbly as he can and mentions that he sometimes astounds himself. Uh-huh. Um, and then so we go to Sean meeting his dad at a place that looks like an islands, to be quite honest. Do you guys have yeah. islands over there? Islands? The chain? No. Okay. It's like a Hawaiian, like, burger the closest we have which there's not one super close to where i grew up but bahama breeze is the closest to that which is exactly what you think it would be um okay yeah it's probably the same thing um so yeah they're there and you know they're just gonna and they're i I mean it's the most 2000 what is this 2006 2007 early 2007 okay 
yeah because like hot hot heat is playing in the background i'm just like oh my god okay mm-hmm. um and so henry just explains that he didn't oh no first sean points out he's like oh what happened to like not meeting up on a friday night and mm-hmm. henry says can you believe it i didn't want to hurt your feelings about the whole him dating someone else and mm-hmm. he pulls up a chair and they have a drink together yeah what would you give this upside of 10 uh, i gave it a seven and a half out of ten I gave it an eight. I like this episode. Maybe it's just because the it introduces two running bits of the Pluto bit, and believe it or not, not as frequent a bit. But the stealth mode is something that comes back, and I'm a big fan of Dulay Hills the way he shakes his head. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's a good episode. But it, it, it was good talking about this episode with you, Andre. And Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. You can follow the show at First Psych. Um, we also could talk quickly about how, you know, before this, of course, we did the Monk Pod, and they just announced a uh, a Monk movie. Um, so, how excited are you? Uh, you know, I I saw that they got most of the band back together, so that'll be really nice. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious what they could possibly like have because I, yeah. I don't think. I mean, Dale the Whale? I don't know. I think he's done now, right? Yeah, I think Dale the Whale. He's, he was, he's locked up for life. I don't think that, you know, he's... He probably died of morbid obesity. Let's be honest. That's true, yeah. But we'll see. I'm excited to see uh, what's going on. Um, hopefully we can talk to uh, Andy Breckman again when that's coming out. Um, you know, because he, he mentioned it. I don't know if it was on the pod or off the record, but he mentioned in passing that they were working on something. I mean, you remember that. that he, he did, yeah. He, yes, he, he did. gave us the scoop. Um, yeah. And so, you know... You're welcome, everyone. We, we're, we're scoopers now. Um, yeah. But uh, sh- please share this show with the biggest psych fan in your life. And um, more important than that, join us uh, next week. No, sorry. Join us later this week. This is going to be on Tuesday. Join us later this week as we talk about he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, oops, he's dead. Yeah.